All human thought, all the science, all religion, is the holding of a hand to the unexplored. And someday, piecing together the associated knowledge would have become such terrifying vistas of reality. And if our friends and stars were right, they could climb out of the world from the star fleet. But when the stars were wronged, they could not safety. But although they no longer lived, they would never really die. When the universe is vast and inexplicable, and you are weak and insignificant, then you know you're playing Call of Cthulhu. This is an actual play of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition, featuring adult themes and horror. Listener discretion is advised. Find our published scenarios at starsareright.com or contact us for help unleashing your own twisted tales upon an unsuspecting world. And now, settle in, dear listener. Intrigue, high adventure, and cosmic horror await when the stars are right. Welcome back, listeners. Today we will be playing session 13 of The Children of Fear, written by Lynn Hardy and Friends and published by Chaosium. How are you all feeling today and who are you playing? How? We're playing Dr. Eudora Lockhart and uh, honestly feeling a bit bereft. We're down one Jan Yu. Sad. Brayden. Sophie and Bazaz Wine here. I'm reeling from Rat Things and Rat Kings, but I'm excited for this episode. Noxicals. Hello, I am playing Timur Stepanovich Rapin. And uh, I appear to have inherited a small child. <laughs> yeah. And I am Fedra, your keeper for the day. And I am also missing Janu's presence. It's weird all introducing three people as opposed to four. Can we name the umbrella Janu and have it as a, an extra character? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> On this special episode, we'll get the disembodied voice of our very own dearly departed Seb giving us last session's recap. Seb, tell us what happened last time. Left Camelus after being chased from the last village by an angry mob, the party arrived on foot at an oasis town called Kota. There, they met an elderly Scottish Methodist missionary who told them of the local tale of the Ratkin, a benevolent spirit who protected the town. She also informed them that her companion, Myra, was missing after journeying to the supposed site of the mystical rat colony led by said king. After Jianyu bonded with her over his adopted Scottish heritage, the group agreed to help search for her friend. Thanks to some excellent charm work from Sophian, they were able to hire horses at a reasonable price and set off out of town. As night was falling, the investigators arrived at the colony to find a torchlit procession in the gloom, bearing offerings of food and wine. They greeted the procession and received a frosty welcome, but were permitted to remain. There, they bore witness to the arrival of a swarm of desert vermin, accompanied by giant rat things, all surrounding a huge humanoid figure with the head of a rat. The unholy sight drained the sanity of several investigators, with Jian Yu flying into a fit of divine rage as he sought to banish the unholy abomination. While Timur attended to a terror-struck Shen Chu, Eudora attempted to calm Jian Yu. In the chaos, one of the rat things spoke with the voice of a woman, asking the party to explain themselves. Unresponsive to either Eudora or the rat thing, Jian Yu continued his uncharacteristic onslaught, and eventually succeeded in beating one of the giant rats to death with his umbrella. He attempted to progress to the rat king himself, but Eudora succeeded in relieving him of the makeshift weapon, and he was unsuccessful in harming the creature. As the chaos abated, the group learned that the price of killing one of the rat king's lieutenants was that the killer must take their place. Myra, also coincidentally guilty of umbrella-based rat murder, had already entered into this bargain, since the favour of the Rat King was all that kept the town of Kotan from destruction. So, after returning to his senses, Jan Yu agreed to be transformed, on condition that the Rat King aid the group in their quest to vanquish the King of Fear. Bidding farewell to Jan Yu, and with Timur having obtained a newfound phobia of rats, the party continued upon their quest. It's been a week or two, not too long, and you are reaching the mountains. You've been informed that the best route uh, from here is to cross the Karakoram Pass into India. At an altitude of 18,000 feet, the black gravel way over the mountains has a bad reputation for banditry, and you've heard that it's littered with the bones of people and animals. 
their bodies left to decay as a result of exposure and starvation, or from wounds suffered at the hands of brigands. The Karakoram Pass sits at the highest point on the main caravan route between India and China, and is free of snow and ice year-round, thanks to the high winds that constantly scour it. The open passage and the gentle ascents on both sides are the only positives to using this route. It is so barren that all food and water needed for the journey must be gathered beforehand and carried through the pass. At the top of the pass stands a monument to the murdered British trader and explorer Andrew Dalgaish. It was sub-time Hamilton Bower's search for Dalgaish's murderer in 1998 that sparked the race to explore the Silk Road, thanks to his acquisition of a birch bark manuscript now known as the Bauer Manuscript, which described the lost Buddhist civilization of the Tarim Basin. As there are no rail links to Srinagar in 1920s, you have no option but to walk or ride for another one or two weeks to join the famous and fast Indian railway system at Rawalpindi. From Rawalpindi, the fastest route to Chakdara is by train to Peshawar, and then a trek up through the Malakand Pass to Chakdara, which all told takes around another week. So we're traveling by train? Not yet. Mm. Noxicals, give us a read of what your investigators know number four. This is what our investigators know about the northwest frontier. A fractious, mountainous buffer zone between the tribes of Afghanistan and the rest of British India, the northwest frontier region is a hodgepodge of princely states British agencies and provinces that have been fought over repeatedly through the millennia. The Grand Trunk Road, immortalised by Rudyard Kipling in his novel Kim, passes through the region and over the Khyber Pass, also once part of the famous Silk Roads of old. Known in ancient times as Gandhara, and centred around Peshawar, the capital of the northwest frontier province, the area is extremely archaeologically rich after having played host to so many invading cultures and the empires they established. The frontier was also on Alexander the Great's route as he marched to the river Bias, where his army mutinied, halting the Macedonians' conquest of India. Thank you. No stranger to the cold or harsh winds, Tenzin Kalsang is apparently unaffected by the weather conditions. He does not don additional layers of clothing no matter how low the temperature drops, preferring instead to meditate peacefully for a few minutes each morning to generate what he calls thumo, an internal fire that keeps him perfectly cosy no matter the temperature. As you pass through the mountains, the Lamas shouts the traditional Tibetan greeting to the gods at the summit of every pass. Lagyalo tetamche pam a phrase translating roughly to The gods win! The demons are defeated! No matter the difficulty of the terrain, he obviously enjoys the exertion of the trip and comments on that the stark beauty of the surrounding terrain reminds him of home. As you make your way through the mountain valleys on your way to Leh, you come across a bear feeding on what looks like an animal carcass. Has the bear noticed us yet? Not yet. Okay. Okay. Well, let's stand back a bit from the bear. Are we able to see this? Eudora raises a pair of field glasses to her eyes and attempts to inspect the carcass. Is it big? Is it a yep. mountain hare? Yes, to do that. Uh, well, I'm not about to walk up to this bear. I say we avoid the bear, gentlemen. What do you think? I also agree. I see no reason to upset a bear. Like, as a player, I want to know what the heck is up with this bear, but as a character, there's no way, right? We would just go around. I mean, at this point, I'm assuming the bear has a human face, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Sophian, being from this area and having a 40 in natural world, could I just have a... I looked up a bit of knowledge on the bear anyway, Phaedra, so you don't have to spout me facts about Asiatic black bears. Wow. Wow, that's impressive. How did you know what kind of bear it was? Is that what it is? It is. I have that ready to tell you right here. There's only, I think there's only like three kinds of bear in this area, and one of them, I think only one of them is really dangerous, so I assumed it was that one, given that it's called a Cthulhu. <laughs> it is. Sophian will mention to Eudora, these are more vicious and aggressive than the American black bear. 
So I do think that giving it a wider berth would be a good idea. Roger that. Though I do wonder what it's chewing on. But probably just a mountain hare or what have you, whatever they eat up here. I just. Would it be frightened away by gunfire? They're shy enough creatures, but given that it's feasting, I do worry that it may be territorial over its kill. Yes. Is it blocking the path, or are we, you know, are we are we going to have trouble getting past it with everybody? We, with certainty that it won't spot you, yeah. Okay. You don't have to literally go over it, like step over it. <laughs> but okay, but it's not it's going past. But it's, it's not certain that it won't spot you. Hmm. So. Is there a cub nearby or anything? Okay, I know one thing about bears, and it's that if they have a cub, you're double screwed. Hmm, <laughs> very true. I know one thing about bears, and that's that you shouldn't steal their picnic baskets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very true. Very true. <laughs> We should, in theory, be in, like, the later months of the year still, right, Phaedra, I think? Yeah, it's still quite wintry. You're just there, staring at this bear and just kind of talking and strategizing. The bear hears you. It looks up at you, and as soon as it spots you, it turns tail and runs away. Okay, I thought you were going to say, as soon as it spots you, it turns into a powerful wizard. (laughs) (laughs) I am the Bear King. Its face is entirely tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, problem solved, Derek. Side quest over. Wasn't where their XP. There we go. Now, if you walk closer, you can take a close look at what the bear was eating. Right, I want to taste. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, it wasn't good enough to carry away with it. Abandoned it pretty easily. Let's go so. see. The bear's meal was not an animal carcass, but the corpse of an old man. Anyone mm. not used to corpses, please roll sanity. Ah, of course, your indefinite insanity point has changed because it's been a couple of weeks. And also, if you have any wounds and stuff, feel free to remove. Unless they're major. Oh, that's a failure. Uh, that is 1d2. Mm. I'll take it. Did everyone else pass? Uh, yeah, Timor is inured to the sight of gory death. Sophie and Timor have seen things, so... Sophie and too, huh? <laughs> what about Shen Chu? Oh, no. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can do that. 38. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a 19. Go, Shen. She passes. Anyone and everyone, please roll me either first aid, medicine, or biology, or zoology. Yes. Decent first aid. Uh, that is a hard success on first aid. Very nice. Oh my goodness, that's a hard success also. Amazing. Any extreme successes? A standard success. No. Ah, sadness. Oh yeah. <laughs> so the body doesn't seem to be long dead, a few days at most. And it appears to be wearing little more than a white sheet of fabric. Uh, all that remains of a burial shroud. Alongside the bear's claw marks, there are two different sets of teeth marks on the body. One set definitely belongs to the bear, while the other appears to belong to a much smaller animal, although the exact species is impossible to determine. Mm. Not like rat small, is it? Oh no. No. Jianyu? No rats. (laughs) Bigger than a rat. Hmm. Uh, is there dirt all over the shroud? Does it look like he's been interred and then dug up by the wildlife because he was in too shallow a grave? Potentially. I mean, they do the sky graves out here anyway. Oh, do, they? They, do they just lay them out? Um, it's, I, I don't think... I think that's closer to India and you're not there there yet. This, this appears okay. to have normal burial graves at this point. Okay, so we can assume he's perhaps been disinterred. Do we see anything... Any identifying marks? He's not wearing a big pendant with his name on it, no dog I think tags. He's covered in a sheet. Are you getting hands on looking? Like moving around and checking the body? What's. I know. Does anyone want to fondle this body? Mm. No, but I think Timor would look around to see if there's any nearby grave and would be interested in perhaps trying to put him back in it if that seems to be a thing. Feel free to roll a spot hidden or track. It's definitely spot hidden because I've only got 10% in track. Mm. Okay. That's a 22. That's. Oh, that's exactly a hard success. 
Very nice. The ground around the corpse is too hard and rocky to preserve any footprints, but it looks like the corpse rolled or was dragged down a slope above the path before coming to its current resting place. So there's a, a little slope that goes up near you, and it looks like the body was rolled or dragged down that slope. And you can't see above it. You'd have to climb it if you wanted to check what's how how climby is it? Is it like scrabble up climbing or like serious rock climber? It is a climb roll climb. Okay, I mean that's just not something I can really do. Um, we've all got base twenty. Sofian's got some skills. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, Sofian's got more than the base. He's an explorer after all. Timor, um, do you think the body rolled down from up there? And he'll look up towards where he's looking. Yes, I think so. I mean, even if we could find that out, uh, there is no way for us to return the body, unless... Hoist it back up with a rope, perhaps? Yes, we could. Or set a rope down for you all to come back down? Come back up, sir. I suppose we should do the decent thing. The mob will sort of look slightly doubtfully at the slightly portly Indian gent, and... Uh, uh, you can climb this? I'm an explorer, don't you know? <laughs> well... Let us hold your camera, at least, if you're going to try. Of course, yes. Please take good care of it. Of course. Heave-ho! And so I don't know what this accent is, uh, but <laughs> Sofian will roll up his... Jolly-ho! His... <laughs> roll up his sleeves and get on with it. I love it. Roll me climb. Your porters are, like, a few, like, metres behind you, just kind of looking at you and waiting. Shaking their heads. <laughs> These nutcases. Uh, I failed by 19 points. Oh no, would you like to push it? Oh, now we're talking. I've got 30 <laughs> points in climb, so it's not a very good <laughs> idea. Uh, sure, yeah. Let's do it. Feeling just, just how, you know, slick these stones are, you know, being up so high in the mountains, perhaps they're quite uh, damp, I don't know. Uh, Sofian will remove his shoes and climb in his socks. <laughs> to get better grip, because I hear this is a thing people do. And I got a hard success. Hooray. <laughs> oh, the socks were what was needed. Amazing. <laughs> oh, you just saved yourself 1d6, my friend. Wow. Um, Yay. So further up the slope, hidden from the road below, you see a small cave. Uh, there's a cave up here. Everyone, get your socks on. I'll uh, toss some rope down. <laughs> I'll, I'll look over to you, Dora, and I'll say, I'm not taking off my shoes. No, me neither, honestly. I've never seen anyone do that. That's bizarre. It's freezing up here. <laughs> Let's just use the rope. Uh, everyone who uses the rope can have a bonus die on their climb rope. Oh, God, right. I'm still probably uh, not going to be able to make it. Shen Chu. Yeah, I mean, 20. Uh, mm. Oh, what's Shen Chu's climb? Probably great, like a little housebreaker. She's got 40%. She's the best climber among us. She's probably, she can carry us. <laughs> okay, I'll start with Shen Chu. <laughs> with a bonus die. Okay, Shen Chu climbs up like a like a, like a a monkey. She gets five. Amazing. Nice. Wow. Now, Timor. That, Timor would have passed that. Okay, he's not gonna, he's not going to pass this one. That's Timor. Uh, Timor gets 74. So cannot climb okay. the road. Was that with your bonus yes, die? That was with my bonus die. My other dice was a 94. Nice. Oh. Yeah, I also fail, so... No fumble. No fumble, luckily. 85 was my worst. You both start, like, climbing up and you find yourselves kind of parallel to the slope. Uh, you get very dirty. Uh, and you're struggling. Your hand's getting a little bit of rope burn. Like, it's becoming hard. You reckon that you can... Push it if you want to and try harder. <laughs> Just take off your shoes. <laughs> Damn it, I think he's right, Timur. Uh, How did Sophie, he do you understand? Do you try and look inside the cave? Uh, I think I'll be like glancing back, given the fact that we've experienced so many weird things. Just terrified that the zombie's <laughs> going to attack me or something. But he will stand there and wait and he'll like hoist <laughs> or help hoist them up if possible. Okay. So we're going to make another... 
I'll, t- I'll take off my shoes. <laughs> yep, same. Yes! <laughs> Do we still get the bonus die? Oh no, yeah. you're both going to take a d6 damage if you fail. We oh yeah, are. son, that is 65 and 95. That is oh, not happening. No. <laughs> uh, and that is 44 and 64, so yeah, I haven't done it either. <laughs> Both, both of you, please get it. That's three damage. That's like a third of my health, so... Oh, no. two. You, worse. Uh, Ow! You tumbled... The shoes, they did nothing! <laughs> you tumbled back down the slope. Ah, I really betrayed by my socks. Uh, Sophie and, and Shenchu are up there. What do you do? Uh, Shenchu, maybe just wait here and I'll check it out first. I don't need shoes. Okay. Viewing upon any more anything terrible. I'll be back in a moment, everyone. There's a cave up here. Godspeed. All right. Uh, be careful. <laughs> it just screams inside the cave. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'll pull my gun out and I'll walk ahead in my socks. As you um, reach the entrance of the cave and step a foot inside. The stench wafting from within it makes you gag. Please roll a con. Oh, uh, ah. <laughs> what was that? Uh, I fumbled. Oh no! Yes. Uh, you wretch at the stench of rotting meat and grave molds. <laughs> uh, and you feel like you maybe have thrown up some blood as well. You can take one hit point from your fumble. Oh. Inside the cave are the dismembered remains of at least two other bodies and their winding sheets. Oddly, there is no sign of animal scat in the cave. But they've been, like, torn apart. Dismembered, yes. Uh, Do you have... Yeah, you have a natural world, right? I do. You can tell from looking at this that this cannot possibly be an animal's lair, at least not a permanent one. Because of the lack of poop. Droppings, I think is the, the technical term. Droppings. Things. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and that's all you see in the cave at the moment. And now you vomit also. Uh, how deep is the cave? Uh, not very. Can I see everything within? Yeah. Okay. Can I... Am I able to walk forward towards it more? Or is it too sickening to even enter? I mean, you've entered close enough. You could go in and like touch the dismembered bodies, but that's that's more mm. or less so. But it, it, they, this scent is overwhelming. You find yourself yeah. like having trouble staying there. Okay, could I just go and see if the bodies have been ripped apart with like you know teeth, or if they've been like surgically cut apart with like uh, a blade of some kind? Yeah. Would you accept a first aid roll? Uh, you can have a penalty die because you're not well. Very fair. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's a fail. You can't tell, unfortunately. There are bite marks on them. Mm. Um, but everything else kind of looks very difficult to discern. Well, I'll come back out. I'll say, Shenshu. Are you okay? I, I heard you. Uh, let's go back down or just to the edge to have <coughs> ghastly okay. smell. Uh, Shenchu um, comfortably tumbles down like an acrobat. <laughs> she gets Fantastic. into a small barrel and just goes over the falls. <laughs> and uh, Sophie and you carefully make your oh, way down. Uh, using wait, the wait, before you come down, are, are we going to are you going to haul up the body? The porters are like looking at you <laughs> and waiting. What's that in your mustache? <laughs> uh, nothing. Uh, some stones. I uh, slipped. Um... You've been eating stones. <laughs> You're not making any sense, man. Eudora is convinced that she is this close to climbing up the slope, but she is about six inches off the floor. She's yeah, riding. She's taking her socks off now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's using her feet on the rope. She's like doing it backwards. It's not working. There's uh, two two more bodies up here, but these two have been torn apart, shredded, teeth marks. Smells ghastly. Whoa. Doesn't look like any animal cave nest thing. Hasn't 
Doesn't sound like we'd be returning this poor chap to a respectful burial then, really, does it? Maybe he's, he's better off just here in the How road. How realistic would it be to dig him a little grave? I mean, is, is the ground too rocky for that? One, yes, but also one of the porters who has come to check up on you. Says, there is a small village uh, a little further up the path. We should notify them of the human remains so that they, they can be properly reinterred. Cracking idea. This isn't our responsibility after all. The man uh, must have loved ones nearby or something. All right. I'm coming back down. I'll untie the rope and then... And then jump, right? <laughs> Just sprint off the edge and leap and hope Timor can catch me. <laughs> or like do a crowd surfing maneuver to turn your back. Yeah. And Lie down on your back. side and roll down the slope like a child on a hill. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of options here. Um, you rejoin your caravan and head to that village. Can you all roll me a listen on the way there? Please? Probably not. Uh, Timor, you're in charge of Shenchu now. Yeah, Don't forget I won't forget it. Every time I ask you for rolls. Hard success. Uh, Timor gets a hard success as well. And Shenchu oh, yeah. only has base in listen. And she does not succeed. Ale from Sofia. It sounds like. There's a party in full swing up ahead at the village. We've come at the right time. Arriving at the small settlement, you stumble up into what happens to be some sort of celebration. A large fire burns in the centre of the village, surrounded by singing and music played on horns and drums. Uh, please roll spot hidden. Hey, two more passes. Uh, fail. Hard success. Uh, those who pass... Uh, notice that despite the crowd, only one man is dancing, and all eyes are focused on him. Uh, can anyone roll an occult? Can you describe this man? It's difficult to tell from this distance. Okay. That is a failure on occult. I can attempt an occult. Fail. Uh, one of the porters, the same one as before, who seemed to be so knowledgeable of the area, says, we should keep back and not interfere. This is a powerful magician, a Daniel, performing a ritual, and it could be dangerous to interrupt him. Dangerous for him or us? For everyone. I feel no desire to uh, interrupt any further rituals. Uh, you're watching the ritual take place. You see a solidly built older man drag a goat into the circle. First, he milks it, decanting the milk into what looks like a drinking horn of some sort. You are welcome to roll natural world or biology or zoology to decipher what kind of horn it is. Oh, I'm all about these useless details. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fail. Got a 69 though, which is the same nice. kind of win. You will never know what kind of nice. horn it is. Ah, shoot. Can I push the um, horn roll? Push the horn roll. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd like to spend luck. <laughs> I, do, I don't even know how. Yeah, I guess you can go closer to, to push the horn roll. I dash the horn out of his hands and start yelling. <laughs> what is it? Where did this come from? <laughs> what kind of animal? Spit it out, man. <laughs> Who'd this belong to? Tell me. In one. Um, yeah. I don't think I'll push it. That doesn't make much sense. <laughs> In one deft move, he slits the creature's throat, collecting the gushing blood in a bowl before cutting off the goat's head. Sanity roll for the paint of heart, please. Wow, yeah. Wasn't ready for that. Yeah. Well. I was going to say, does the, do you think Timor requires mm. this, or...? Uh, I'd say he's not faint of heart. Yeah, okay, no. but I'll roll for Shen Chi, which... Did you pass? I did not. One sanity loss, please, for the fail. Okay, yeah, Shenchi loses one. The man... Thuffian's probably butchered his own animals in yeah. Srinagasa. Yeah. The man decants the blood into a second drinking horn. I won't tell you what kind. Before taking the still-dripping head to the dancing man, the Daniel, or the dancing man, takes the girl's head and holds it, severed neck to, its, to his lips noisily sucking out what remains of its blood. He then casts the head into the flames and takes the two drinking horns. Continuing to dance and chant, 
The Danielle takes alternating sips from each one. Suddenly, he throws the horns to the floor, spilling their remaining contents, and drops prone, his ear pressed tight to the ground. The music stops and everyone waits with bated breath. After what feels like an eternity, the man rises and proclaims something in an unfamiliar tongue, which seems to cause great upset among the crowd. He collapses as soon as he's finished speaking and is carried away by a group of young men. Some of the villagers turn and look at your direction for the first time. It appears they are eyeing you with an air of deep suspicion, very different from the hospitality you've experienced so far in most of your journey. The older man who slaughtered the goat quickly approaches you, speaking in a language you don't understand. And then he says in Hindustani, and then in English, My name is Atif Bayig, the village's headman. Hello, Atif Bayig. My name is Sophie and Bezazwine, and these are my friends. Everyone is welcome to roll a psychology. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that's on the money, a 61 versus 61. Very nice. Extreme success. He seems like a troubled man, although he's doing his best to hide it. He says, uh, welcome to my village, travellers. Seeing as we observe the ritual, mm-hmm. can you tell me if this holy man... Uh, that we watched drinking the blood and whatnot. Was he covered in ash? That didn't look like it, no. Okay, thank you. Just wanted to know if this was uh, Eudora's visions coming through. (laughs) No, the no bone altars here. Okay, carry on. What you have just witnessed is a ritual to identify the nature of the curse that has fallen on the village in the last couple of weeks. Someone, or something, has been desecrating the village's burial ground, and a number of corpses have disappeared. On top of that, one of the village's young women never returned from a trip to her family in a neighboring village a week ago. Despite a search, no trace of her has been found. We did stumble upon three corpses on the way here. Uh, one is on the pass, two more in a cave. Uh, that way. Oh. And I'll tell them the amount of time and thank you that it took us to get here from there. I, I shall have my people recover the corpses for a proper reburial. You say there is a curse. Uh, What exactly have you been experiencing? His expression grows grim. But Daniel has just declared that the spirits informed him that Yatini, the cannibal giantess of legend, has been reborn and is sating her perverse desire for human flesh. Unless the villagers find and destroy Yatini, the village is doomed. That sounds rather ominous. Timur will look at Tenzin and say, is this something we can just ignore? Sort of hopefully. <laughs> this isn't this isn't our problem, right? <laughs> we can ca- we can carry Tenzin on to smiles. save the world somewhere else. You are the leaders of your own journey. Uh... <laughs> Always with this cryptic nonsense. This worse than worse than a fortune cookie, this man. <laughs> I mean, uh, do you have any idea? Did uh, the Danielle mention anything more about Yatini? Where is this cannibal giant? Do you know the legend of Yatini? I can't say I do. Regale us, Mr. Bayig. Well, I will recount to you both her legend and that of her brother. Sri Badad was allegedly the last Buddhist king of Gilgit in the 8th century. He was said to be a powerful magician, who may or may not have also been part demon, who developed a taste for human flesh after eating a lamb fed on human milk, one which made him practically immortal. He demanded that each household in his kingdom take it in turn to give him human meat to sate his perverse appetites. Angered by his demands and his increasing barbarity, his people turned to his daughter, Miyokai, for help. Miyokai and the king's vizier convinced Sri Badat to tell them what his weakness was. He could only be killed by fire, which would melt his heart, as it was made of butter rather than flesh. Miyokai and her lover, a half-fairy Persian prince named Azuz Jamsher, 
built a trap for Sri Badat and burned him alive. Although some versions of the story include Sri Badat escaping to hide under a nearby glacier until the time is right for him to regain his kingdom. Miyokai went on to marry her prince, accept Islam, and change her name to Nuobak. Together with her prince, founded a royal dynasty that, according to the locals, still exists in the valleys around Gilgit to this day. However, Sri Badat may not have been the only cannibal in his family. According to one story, his sister, Yatini, was also addicted to human flesh. She was strapped and neutralized by the machinations of a local Daniel called Soglio, who entranced Yatini with song before pinning her to a cliff face with iron nails and turning her to stone. Yatini had the last laugh though, as the Daniel then insisted that after his death, he must be buried nearby, prevent her from even breaking free, afraid that their savior might die far away and so leave them prey to the cannibal princess's hunger once again. The villagers murdered Soglio and interred him next to his victim to ensure their safety for all eternity. He says, I am concerned about the Daniel's pronouncement. I am aware that some within the village may use it to feather old grudges with the, when the real cause might be little more than predation by wild animals. It has been a hard winter so far, and both we and the animals have felt the sharp pangs of hunger. Please, do help me in discovering what is going on with the village. You're untainted by family feuds within the village, and the situation will require a dispassionate eye. I fear a literal witch hunt. Lord will sort of lean over to Sophia and say, We don't have a great record with these things. People are quick to turn on outsiders uh, when you step into their sort of local grudges. That is one thing we've learned. If we attempt to assist. Can you ensure that the locals know that we have your blessing? Well, I promise you protection from the locals, if that is what you need. Well, it, it'd be a help. We have had some uh, unfortunate events on the journey here. Oh, I'm very sorry to hear that. Um, where... Where would you begin, Mr. Bayig? I mean, we... we bodies we saw, uh, weren't they, Sophia? They just, they looked like they'd been preyed upon by animals. I mean, there's nothing here to to prop up this, um, no offense, this legend. Um, well, uh, I'd like for you to follow me to the graveyard. Perhaps we can search there to see if there are any clues of who took the corpses. Those who have passed, are they buried within white uh, sheets, cows. Yes. And they are not buried in the mountains. They are buried here in the village. It is uh, around half a mile above the village in a small secluded valley. It, but not uh, not scattered among caves elsewhere. Those those other three we found they weren't um, they no, were far they, from home, so to speak. They were carried there. But that is bizarre. how far away from the graveyard do you think that is? few miles. You follow Baif to the burial ground. The graves are marked by mounds of rocks, simple headstones, and it's clear that one has been very recently disturbed. Has it been probably emptied out? Are we looking at an empty grave or just kind of disturbed soil and we'd have to dig to find out? Uh, yeah, emptied. Does it look like it's been neatly dug up like by somebody with a shovel or does it look like it's been sort of like dug up by an animal or and we tell it's really difficult to tell but it doesn't look like methodical and careful and it's quite sort of random or right yeah. yeah i know that we don't always go with the fantastical aspect but um i do wonder if anyone within the town or anyone nearby perhaps has some kind of mm, devotion to this Yatini? Oh, no one in this village would have any positive connection to the 
cannibal princess. She is regarded with hate and fear. What about the person who is missing, the body who is missing? Is there anybody who had a grudge of some sort? Well, we only found out about the missing bodies a few days ago when we came to bury an old shepherd. Three graves had been planted. First that of an old woman who died a couple of weeks ago. Another of a young man who had been killed in a fall the month before. And finally that of a young woman who had died in childbirth the same month. The old shepherd's grave was found planted the day after his burial. There have been no disturbances since and I cannot think of anyone who would have a grudge against all of them. This is all very serious, no doubt, but um, even more pressingly, you mentioned a young woman went missing. By... A living person. Greg sighs and shakes his head. Her name was Hasina Moise. A popular young woman engaged to one of the young men in the next village over, despite having her fair share of admirers in her own village. In the end, her parents decided to marry her off to one of her mother's people to further strengthen the bonds between the two settlements. Due to her family's high status, negotiations over who would win her hand had been strenuous in both villages, and her main suitor in this village, a middle-aged farmer called Ziab Ali, was deeply disappointed by the final decision. Ah. Well, not to cast premature aspersions, but I must say, jilted lovers are not always the most rational of people. I do wonder if we should pay Mr. Ali a visit. We're certain yes. this young lady did not simply elope. Her, her betrothed did not also vanish. This Mr. Ali, he is in town. Nobody's known him to behave oddly. Hmm. You could uh, find out more about the young girl if you believe it to be relevant. I... Well, I don't know if it's relevant or not, but I'm afraid I must place the safety of this living young woman ahead of the fate of some people who, not to put too fine a point on it, are already dead. Hmm. Very well, uh... Ziabali is uh, in this village, if you would like to speak to him. I believe we should. Post haste! You could also, perhaps, be brave enough to watch the graveyard or the lair you mentioned, mm. to see who is really doing this. I did notice that the teeth marks upon the body, although I couldn't determine whether they were from an animal or not, I can't imagine that a black bear would be able to drag a body up. Why would they leave them in a cave like that? There's no benefit. Perhaps to eat later. They would not have dragged the bodies so far, surely. It is miles from where we found the bodies. Very true. How did they get out there? And unseen at that. And without socks on their feet. How <laughs> did they climb? <laughs> no black bear could climb that without a pair of socks. Special climbing socks. That much. It seems to me that the missing young woman and the disturbed graves may be unrelated. Um, but I, I do not know where is best to start. Well, presumably, any human setting about emptying these graves will be doing so under cover of night. Why don't we speak to this Mr. Ali today and um, come back here for a good old-fashioned stakeout? Uh, Is there anywhere near the graveyard that we could set up and watch without being observed? We can go stake out the cave, I guess, but... Here makes more sense. We don't it? have a great record with stakeouts either. <laughs> no, but this time there's nobody living uh, within the graves that we need to protect, so... Can I just say, if we do stake out the graveyard, we're not splitting the party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, come on, fair. one of us will go to the cave, one of us will stay at the graves, and the other one can spend the night at that neighbouring town. <laughs> yes, exactly. We'll cover so much more ground and, if we uh, split up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And you can, uh, you know, send Senchu to marry that disappointed guy. So if you feel <laughs> yes. yes. Perfect. <laughs> wonderful future We've here. found you a middle-aged farmer. Happily ever after. Every little girl's dream. <laughs> oh, that's it. Marry a middle-aged farmer who's likely a cultist to a cannibal. Mm. Not any old cannibal, a giant cannibal. <laughs> yeah, just the, yeah. the cannibal giant princess. Like, too many accolades. Uh, what's the plan? Are you going to Ziab Ali's house? I mean, if it's still daylight, yeah, I suppose I vote we have a little conversation. It's a good place to start mm -hmm. as any, right? I agree. Before we know, she's in his basement. Five. Mm -hmm. <laughs> directs you to uh, the house where Ziab and his family live. I bang on the door with uh, Jeannie's umbrella. <laughs> Smearing some rat on the door in the process. <laughs> I'll say hello in Hindustani. Um, they, they come to the door a few seconds later. You can tell that he and his family have just been eating. Are we talking about this guy's parents or yeah. is he already married? No, parents, sons, uncles. Okay. Family. Still lives with his parents, huh? No wonder she didn't want to marry him. Um, yeah, they. I they feel like that might be pretty common. He lives in his yeah. parents' basement. He just plays World of Warcraft all day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but I do like the idea of the middle aged farmer, but he's a gold farmer for World of Warcraft. <laughs> and it is a real job, mum. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, yes. <laughs> he comes to the door and he says, Hello, how, how can I help you? In Hindustani, by the way, so no one else can understand. I'll serve as translator for Timor and, and uh, sorry, and oh, Eudora, if they would second. like to speak. Maybe. maybe he does have a little bit of English. Oh, let's find out. It's very convenient the number of people who speak English out here so far. Yeah. Yeah. No fewer than three of our quest givers have been uh, British and American. It's a beautiful thirty percent in English. Exactly. That's more oh, than wow. I've got in English. That's pretty good. <laughs> wow. Okay. So first he mocks Timur for his grammar and accent. Oh wait, no, sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, hello, friend. Would you care to speak in English with us? Uh, what is this about? What What do you need? We are here to inquire about a. Uh, missing woman and we were wondering if you'd seen or heard of heard from uh the young lady who's gone missing i've seen her um yeah she's 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 been gone for a while now um at first uh, we thought she'd been killed and eaten by a wild animal um but now that the daniel has spoken we fear that hasina was taken by yatini and that there will be more deaths to follow unless something is done to put the cannibal queen to rest once again. Can I make a psychology roll to see whether he seems like he's telling what he considers to be the truth? Yes. Yeah, you're very welcome to do a psychology uh, Nope. Shen Chu have any psychology? No, she has 11. Uh, Sophie got regular sense. success. Uh, Sophie, you get the sense that he knows more about the situation than he admits. It must have been very hard for you, uh, losing her twice. Excuse me? What are you What are you trying to say? Uh, who even are you? We are here to help. Uh, we have been tasked by Atif Bayeg to uh, assist if we can. We thought that it would be worth talking to you because we understand that you were fond of the missing woman. Hmm. Um. Okay, uh. Please follow me away from my family and I will tell you more. He says he closes the door and walks you to the side of the house. I, I know she was not happy about the arranged marriage. It is not impossible. She may have taken her own life to escape it. Please tell no one. I could not bring myself to say as much to her parents or the rest of the village because of the shame it would bring. Did she tell you that this was something she had considered? No, but uh, I could tell she was not happy. That's dreadful. Forgive um, a perhaps uncomfortable question, but uh, is there a, a place or a way that people who live locally 
might choose to take their lives. You are welcome to roll uh, to have a second attempt at the psychology at this point, if you like. Oh, that's better. That's a 38. It's a standard success. But... Ali is lying and he is deeply afraid of something. It will require a hard social role of some kind to get him to break. Well, we've got some choices here, chaps. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could I could bust out the I could bust out the six foot Russian. Um, <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm not going to charm him into telling no. us. So tell us where she is, <laughs> big handsome man. <laughs> I'm going to wiggle my mustache at you. <laughs> okay, so so I think Timur will haul himself up nice and tall, um, and um, place his hand on the the wall of the building we're round the side of, so that I'm sort of like right up in his space, kind of thing. And I will. Let's hello, hello here. Yeah, and I will say, <laughs> I know there is something you are not telling us, and you are obviously afraid. I can assure you, you should also be afraid of me, my friend. Uh, roll intimidate. Yes. Come on. Please. It's a hard Oh, chance. yes! It's a 28! And I've got 73 yes. in intimidate. Hot damn, nice. scary. Okay, okay, I, I will tell you. Uh, I, I, met, I met with Asina on her way back from her trip. We argued about the marriage. I, I struck her in, in anger. I, I couldn't think. I, I didn't know what I was doing. And, and she fell to the ground and she was dead. Where? <laughs> what did you? But, where is oh. the body? I uh, I buried her body in the old woman's grave. I was too scared to face what I had done. But I'm afraid even more now that Hasina has been resurrected as Yatini to punish me and the rest of the village for, for my actions. I, please, please don't tell anyone. It will bring my whole family shame. I, I, I don't know anything else. I don't have anything else to tell you. And he turns and starts heading back into the house. Don't you leave. Stay where you are. I have nothing else to tell you. What do you want from me? I made a mistake, okay? I... I'm already been punished enough. I can assure you, my friend, that you have not. You're a monster, sir. A monster. You're gonna pass this off as a simple accident? What did you strike her with? To kill her with one blow? I, I don't know how it happened. I didn't expect her to die from... I used my hand. You deserve to pay for this. It was an accident. You either need to come clean with the town and bring them shame to your family and then get the right judgment that you deserve or it will kill me leave this town in exile it won't help anyone anyway now it was a mistake it's not going to happen again you're not protecting anyone by your own Just admission let me have my life you've brought down a curse upon this entire village well there must be yes it's true i will be punished well let it be sooner rather than later let not the whole village suffer for this there must be something approaching justice around here. We should tell that uh, Bayig fellow what we've discovered. Let the worm go. Uh, as soon as he hears that, he turns around and runs into the house and slams And as the he's door. running, I will say, if I find out that you have hidden anything from me, then the things I will do to you, my friend. You hear, a, like, a door lock with a... We will tell the head of the village what he has done. It is not our place to be doling out justice in this village. We have done enough of interfering in local customs. Quite right, but they have to know. Honestly, arranged marriage is bad enough, but killing her... Yes, I agree. And we will tell the village elder. Good. Justice must come from this, definitely. It is not our place to dole it out. Yeah, you're right. That doesn't account for all the uh, other bodies that have been going missing, though. I don't believe he's... yeah. He said he he buried her in the old woman's grave, right? And the old woman was the first one to go missing, wasn't she? Or was she? What was there? So his story that she was reincarnated as Yatini and began her vengeance 
holds a certain degree of sense if those were the first bodies to go missing and hers yes. hasn't turned up. Well, we what bodies did... I mean, Sofian didn't have a chance to check the bodies decently enough, really, did he? He was too busy throwing up in his moustache. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Maybe she's in the cave. One of them could have been an old woman. Yeah. We can always go back and check. Um, disgusting smell, but given another chance, I think I should be able to look over them. My main question is how will we get up to the cave? That climb, it was impossible. <laughs> I don't think you could manage it a second time, Sofian, honestly. You need Sofian brand socks. <laughs> uh, I feel like you can potentially prepare with more equipment and do it a bit more safely. Yeah. Sofian Bazaar's climb. <laughs> My god. Yeah. Knowing where the cave is, you can also approach it from a different angle and not have to do the climb. Right, okay. Yeah, that was some good. path that goes up. Yeah. Do we still have to take our shoes off, though? Always. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sofian is no longer wearing shoes. Feels a lot closer <laughs> to the earth. You can feel the energies, the daylight. The icy rocks feel great. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, do we want to go take a shift at the cave or keep an eye on the graveyard? What is the time distance between here and the cave, Keeper? Could we get back before nightfall? Back from the cave? Yeah, yes. could we get there, check it out, and come back to the village before it got dark? No, it's already dark. Oh. Oh, well, then we're, we're totally staking out the graveyard then. We got it. We'll go to the grave, uh, yeah, cave tomorrow if nothing happens. Tell tell the village elder about. I mean, the cave and the graveyard are kind mm-hmm. of like equidistant, but the cave is on the other side. Okay, so we could stake out either one, but finding a winding path to the cave in the dark seems a bit dodgier than heading to the graveyard somehow. Yeah, and and we'd originally thought we'd stake out the graveyard first, right? That's true. Mm. Yep. Do you believe we should wait until morning to tell the Danielle? Just so we don't cause a ruckus tonight, potentially scaring off anyone who would be seeking to defile graves. That's wise. Maybe we can report more than one miscreant. Mm. Yes, I, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Graves, it is. You head to the graveyard. It is quite dark at the moment. How are you planning on lighting yourselves? Like, how are you going to be able to see? Do you make a fire? Do you... Torches? Well, we we don't want to be seen while we're watching, so presumably yeah. we just lie there in the dark, and if anyone approaches with a light source, we'll see them. Okay. Or we listen very closely. Yeah, and I mean, presumably we have lanterns, so we can sort of bust out some light. If we hear somebody, like, doing some digging, we can go, ha-ha! Yeah. Yeah, we could keep like them that. lit, but under a blanket or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's always a great plan to cover a, a naked flame in a blanket, I've heard. <laughs> That's exactly it's what I was thinking. I was hoping I don't want to say anything. Freezing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's around like minus negative. 20 degrees. Oh, God. Oh. Well, we have to have a fire then, don't we? Um, can't, can't Tenzin just teach us to do that handy <laughs> meditation yeah. thing? Yeah, he tells you to breathe and you're very cold. <laughs> Let's just send Tenzin then. He's the ideal staker outer. He doesn't need to eat, doesn't need to sleep. He's fine. <laughs> Tenzin, just solve it for us. Tenzin. And, uh... I've tried the breathing, but it's just, it's just steam in this cold. <laughs> you are now prepared for an eventful night's watch as we reach the end of session... Ooh. 13. Yeah, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much, everyone. Brayden, Noxicals, Howl, Seb for the recap, and of course, our amazing co-editor, Jason. You have all been the best. And a big, massive thank you to our listeners. You're all exceptional. Your listens, comments, and ratings are incredibly helpful. But if you want a way to support us further, consider joining us over on patreon.com forward slash stars are right. What's that? We have new patrons on board. That's right. Thank you so much for your support, Andy Miles and Michael AF. May the omens be ever in your favor. We'll be back shortly to record Beyond the Madness for our Cold Elder tier patrons. They get access to behind the scenes discussion after every episode, as well as bonus episodes, exclusive Discord channels, and more. Speaking of Discord, you can find an invite link to our Discord community, as well as all of our social media links on our website at starsaride.com. Come join us. Now, 
Farewell, dear listeners, until the stars are right again. Before moving on to this week's Beyond the Madness, let's take a moment to read out one of our latest reviews. If you'd like your own review read out on the show, go to starsareright.com forward slash reviews, where you can find links to all the platforms you can rate us on. Spa said, fantastic podcast. I'm still working my way through and I'm really excited to see what future episodes bring. The players and keeper, GM, have a great chemistry with each other. This really makes them a pleasure to listen to. Personally, I love the fact that they're running a brand new campaign instead of one of the old classics. Because I knew nothing about the Children of Fear going in, I'm learning everything right along with the investigators. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Spa. We'll try. 